Welcome to the Holidays to Switzerland Travel Podcast. Your host is the founder of HolidaysToSwitzerland.com and the Switzerland Travel Planning Facebook group, Carolyn Schonefinger. On this podcast, Carolyn will be joined by a variety of guests who share their knowledge and love of the country to help you plan your dream trip to Switzerland. Welcome to episode 36. If you're a cheese lover, you're going to love this episode. Today, I'm joined by Nadia Nadif, the US brand manager for Cheeses from Switzerland who is going to tell us all about Swiss cheese and what makes it so special. But before we hear from Nadia, I wanted to share a few fun facts about Swiss cheese with you. Almost half of all the milk supplied by dairy farmers in Switzerland is used for cheese. Sabrin's AOP is said to be the only cheese from Switzerland that can be enjoyed in three different ways. After 18 months of ageing, it can be planed into thin rolls. After 24 months, it can be broken into chunks, which go perfectly on any cheese board, and it can also be grated and is a great complement to a whole range of dishes. Le Gruyere AOP is another very versatile cheese, which can be served on a cheese board or as a topping on crusty bread. It is also renowned as an essential ingredient in fondue, which you'll learn more about later in the episode. And interestingly, it takes around 400 litres of fresh, unpasteurised milk to produce just one 35 kilogram of Luc Gruyere. Welcome, Nadia. Thank you for coming onto the podcast to tell us all about the delicious Swiss cheese. Thank you, Caroline. Now, I'd like to um, find out a little bit more about yourself, if, if, um, if we can, and, and how you came to be representing cheeses from Switzerland. I think my accent tells a lot about myself. So I'm French. Um, I've been living in the US for 20 years. And uh, I've been in the cheese business for almost 20 years, uh, too. So mostly selling French cheeses. And um, it happened that I was, you know, still in the food industry, but not really dealing with cheese anymore. And I thought, like, oh, it would be back to cheese. So uh, I got approached by cheeses from Switzerland in order to represent them uh, in the U.S. because they are looking for... um, uh, brand development. They needed somebody, and uh, here I am. It, I've been six months with the company. Brand new job. Wonderful. But I'm sure you um, you know a lot about uh, Swiss cheese anyway, even though you've only been with the company six months. And Switzerland has long been known for producing excellent cheese. So, what's the history behind cheese in Switzerland? And and why was it such a, an important part of the diet in, in days gone by? Right. So for, for centuries, the, the main product uh, made from cœur de milk was uh, cottage cheese. Uh, the hard cheese tradition was introduced to the Alpine regions by the Romans. Uh, the first mention of Swiss cheese was made by the Roman historian Pliny the Elder in the first century. So the first medieval source that mentions cheese making uh, dates back to uh, 1115 uh, and comes from a region of Briere. So that's the historical facts now. Mm -hmm. Uh, And in starting 1273, we also uh, hear about cheese making in the region of uh, Emmental. So up until the early uh, Middle Ages, the population of our region uh, was entirely, mostly entirely self-sufficient. The alpine valleys were inhabited uh, only where cereal crops could grow. 
the Alps and the foothills uh, had always been dominated by uh, dairy farming. And wherever milk was produced, it was uh, it had to be preserved. So it was it was like gold at the time. So it means that it needed to be turned into butter or into whey or into uh, quark and cheese. So as the uh, the efficiency of the transport system improved, people were able to settle uh, to more remote alpine valleys. This resulted in the traditional uh, mush. M-U-S-H, uh, mostly cabbage or crushed grain, grain sorry, being replaced by cheese. So cheese became the staple food um, at this time. So cheese was used uh, for trading also at the time. It was used uh, as, as money to pay, important for the diet. Uh, as, as you mentioned at the time, um, meat was not quite available all the time. So cheese uh, was uh, is rich in protein, so it was good to replace meat. Uh, cheese is also good in calcium, so good for the bones and for the teeth, and basically rich in fat, uh, fatty acids and omega-3, and also rich in vitamins. Uh, at the exception of uh, vitamin uh, C, uh, all the vitamins are uh, present uh, in the cheese. Okay. Very healthy, but also used as a, as a trading commodity, which was wonderful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was very very valuable and uh, and it was used to to replace money at the time. Cheese um, still plays quite a large part of in the Swiss diet. How much cheese does Switzerland produce every year? Right. So let get let's get in, into some figures here. <laughs> so just to let you know, almost half of the half of the milk uh, supplied by uh, dairy farmers are, is turned into cheese. So half of the milk. Uh, produced is becoming cheese. Uh, cheeses from Switzerland are renowned for its quality, its purity, and the, the good flavor. The production uh, also uh, has strict uh, guidelines. So in the term, in terms of production, uh, in 2020, uh, Switzerland produced 204,000 tons of uh, cheese. 204,000. 204,000 tons. On average, uh, uh, Swiss consume around 23 kilos of cheese per year, uh, France 26, and the US uh, 18, to give you an idea. Okay. So, yeah, the US are catching up there, but uh, 23 kilos per year for each Swiss person. Yeah, 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 which is is pretty good. And you can't blame them because it's so tasty. It is so tasty. They're proud of, of their cheese, and uh, but they're also happy to export. So almost forty percent uh, uh, of the cheese that are produced in Switzerland are exported. Wonderful. So, Many people are probably only familiar with a couple of those uh, different cheeses that you mentioned, Emmental and Gruyere. So, how many different varieties of Swiss cheese are there in total? There's around seven hundred different cheeses. Uh, in Switzerland, uh, 11 of them are AOP cheeses. There's a multitude of other cheeses. I mean, uh, from mild and creamy to strong and bold flavors. Uh, so there is something for every palate. The way uh, cheese is produced is still the old-fashioned way, uh, respecting the traditions and uh, with locally sourced milk and, and great craftsmanship. So to give you some examples of cheeses, we're going to divide uh, in, in, in category or in type. 
There are several types of chai of cheeses. There's the extra hard cheese. Sbrinz mm-hmm. uh, AOP is a typical extra hard cheese. So the maturation depends. Uh, it's a, a, a cheese that is old, uh, that is aged a long time, around 18 months. And to fully matured, it can be after two uh, or three years. Hard cheeses. So we have Le Gruyère that we talked about. Letivas. AOP and Emmentaler AOP. Semi, semi-hard cheeses, you can find uh, Raclette Suisse, Raclette Duvalet AOP, Appenzeller, Tilziter, Tête de Moine AOP, Vacherin Fribourgeois, and Bundner Bergkase. And we have some soft cheeses uh, also in Switzerland. Uh, basically, it's the Tom Vaudoise and the, and the Swiss, uh, Swiss Brie. Uh, we have also uh, something we are very known for, the Vache Ramondor AOP. So those are basically other names of cheeses classified by type. When you mentioned the AOP, um, can you just explain for those listeners that aren't familiar with that term what, what that actually means? AOP, uh, it's a French term uh, meaning uh, Appellation d'origine protégée. It means uh, designated uh, controlled, denom- controlled. So this uh, appellation or this denomination is uh, is very strict uh, or has strict requirements. For example, uh, the milk needs to come from uh, 20 kilometers around the farm. Uh, the way uh, cows are uh, raised or fed is very important. There is no sillage. Uh, there's no uh, hormone, no uh, GMO, nothing, everything is natural. Mm-hmm. They stay out most of the time. So all these things are part of the um, requirement to get the de- designation AOP. So AOP is a, is, a, is a way to control the production and, and to, uh, to, to have the farmers buy local. Uh, it could be a local thing. Yeah, okay. Um, and so, for instance, um, Gruyere cheese can only be produced in Gruyere or within 20 kilometres. Is that right? Yes. So you, you couldn't have Gruyere cheese from the Appenzell region, for instance? No. no. The Gruyere as a, as a region and the, the, there are farms in those regions and the, the, the farms are within 20 kilometres of the dairies. Uh, they deliver milk twice a day. So it's still the old-fashioned way of doing it. So, yeah, each region has its type of milk, its type of cheese, and uh, some are protected by an AOP. Some, like raclette, are not protected. So you can have raclette from many regions in Switzerland. Okay. Yeah, well, that's, yeah, that's great to know. Nadia has just mentioned the different types of cheeses you can find in Switzerland. Extra hard, hard, semi-hard, and soft. So you might be wondering, what makes some cheeses hard and others soft? In simple terms, hard cheeses are those that have less than 50% moisture content. All hard cheeses start out as soft cheeses, but a number of steps are taken to reduce the moisture content. The aging period for soft cheeses can be as short as just a few weeks, whilst hard cheeses are matured up to three years. You can find all the details of the production process on the Cheeses from Switzerland website cheesesfromswitzerland.com. What are some of the, the factors that give each cheese its own characteristics and, and taste? 
obviously cows are they're all mainly just eating grass so why are some cheeses um, have a different flavor to others yes the, the grass uh, the cows uh, the the milk the milk uh, the milk is very different from one region to uh, to, to another uh, the bacterial uh, culture that are added to the to the milk and the production processes and uh, of course the aging process so all those uh, things uh, changes flavor profile of the cheese okay all right so, now, one thing I have to ask, and you probably ask this quite often, why do some Swiss cheese have holes? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that's the, that's the $10 million question. Nobody knows. Yeah, what are these holes uh, inside the cheese? So basically, it's uh, gas-forming uh, microorganisms uh, that create uh, CO2, you know, so it's a gas. So in, in solid or vis, viscous cheese, the CO2 cannot escape evenly or slowly out of the cheese. So as a result, large irregular balls are, uh, are formed or cracks uh, uh, created in some places. So basically, it's the concentration of gas in the cheese and the, the inability for this gas to, to escape. Okay. So that creates uh, holes. Yeah. So, Are there cheese dairies or factories um, that our listeners can go and, and watch the, the cheese production actually taking place when they're in Switzerland? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So we have a lot of, um, of uh, dairies, that cheese dairies that, that, that you can visit uh, depending on the region. They take you uh, along uh, the manufacturing process. And you, so that's very, very educating. Mm -hmm. So basically we have eight show dairies in Switzerland that are uh, greeting visitors. Uh, one in Emmental, uh, Emmentaler, the region of Emmentaler. It's called Emmentaler Show Dairy. So it's open to the public. There's a tour. There's an explanation of, a, of the way cheese is made. Same thing with Appenzeller. Appenzeller, there's a show dairy over there. Mm -hmm. Gruyère cheese, uh, La Maison du Gruyère, uh, show dairy. They also have... Uh, uh, a little tour that is organized. Uh, there's a monastery, monastery uh, and, and Engelberg uh, show dairy. So making the cheese called uh, Engelberger cluster uh, block. So that's the name of the cheese. Mm -hmm. We also have a tête de moine, uh, la maison de la tête de moine, and they have a museum. And they also explain how was made the cheese like 200 years ago, something like that. And we have a national uh, dairy museum in uh, the city of Kiesen. So it's an historical uh, cheese kitchen that shows the, the cheese production conditions uh, from 200 years ago or more. Okay, yeah, so there's plenty of opportunities and I'm sure there are small um, family-run dairies too that um, that people can, can go and per uh, purchase their local cheese from. Oh, for sure, but those are more like organised uh, tours, you know, or organised uh, showing. And, but, yeah, you can, you can go and... and knock at the door of a small dairy and, and, and buy some cheese, it's no problem, yeah. Yeah. I know when I've been in Switzerland before, I've often, if you're wandering through a small village, you'll see out at the, at the mailbox there's a little kind of a special cabinet or a special refrigerator that has some of the farmer's own cheese in it and you can, you can purchase it direct from, from there and it's, uh, it's such a wonderful experience. Oh, that's, that's amazing. And it, 
This is the result of the, of the will of Switzerland not to centralize production and to have decentralized production. So it's very small farms and, and a lot of small farms. So it's, it's very nice, very, very nice. And what's your favorite Swiss cheese? Uh, because I'm French, I'm uh, more into uh, creamy, strong uh, cheese. So for me, uh, I like the, the Vacherin. Mondor. It's very flavorful. You can eat it hot or you can eat it cold. And when speaking of hot cheese, um, fondue is a very popular Swiss cheese dish. And you also mentioned before raclette as well, which is another uh, dish that people will see on the, on many menus when they're visiting Switzerland. Can you tell us what the difference is between fondue and raclette, please? Both of them are about conviviality and about sharing. So those are uh, dishes that you share. It's uh, family dishes, uh, friends with friends. You know, you enjoy. It's about enjoying. So what is the difference between a fondue and a raclette? Two different uh, way of eating the cheese or two different, not so different, but two dif- a bit of differences. So fondue is, um, is melted cheese in a pot. So you have skinny forks and uh, you, you, you dip, uh, you, you have a piece of bread that you... you you put at the end of a fork and you dip uh, the fork with a piece of bread in the pot and you, you eat it. So you can use potatoes, you can uh, eat meat, you can use meat also and dip the meat inside the, the common pot. Everybody's sharing the same pot. So how to make a fondue, it's basically uh, grated Swiss cheese, fresh garlic, uh, a little Swiss white wine, of course, corn flour to bind and a little lemon juice. So the basic cheese fondue recipe has few ingredients. Uh, as such, it is quick and easy to make. So Atlet is uh, distinguished by, t- by its um, aromatic smell and its uh, outstanding melting properties. So you have two ways of making a raclette. Uh, raclette on, on an open fire or uh, with the oven. Mm-hmm. So... Nowadays, the, the classic way of preparing raclette in which we place half of the wheel of raclette cheese on the board near uh, the embers and then uh, use a knife to simply scrap uh, the, the soft cheese directly into the plate. So that's the more common way. So the cheese is, isn't just melted by the fire, it is also smoked and grilled. So there's a, another flavor that is added. So... That's the way, uh, there's a raclette, a type of raclette called uh, raclette du Valais. So in this region, in the Valais region, that's the way they eat the raclette. That's the first way to eat it. And after that, there's the second way, which is, uh, it's a little pan grill uh, where you put the cheese and there's, a, there's you just put the, 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 the slice of raclette on the, on the grill. Mm-hmm. And uh, when it's ready, you, you put it in your plate on top of the potato or so that's the most common way to also in other region or outside of Switzerland. Everybody's mostly eating the raclette this way. It's convenient. It's, it's practical. It's easier. Usually when you go to restaurants, you have, you have a, a guy who is coming and he's scrapping the raclette on top of your uh, potatoes uh, uh, or meat uh, in, 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 your, in your dish. So that's a different experience. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to tell us all about Swiss cheese. I know that uh, I can't wait to get back to Switzerland and, and 
have my my fair share of it. We we don't export much of it to Australia, so maybe you need to do something about that. Switzerland has a very very good quality of cheese, and they still they are still making the cheese the, the old way with the same recipes from centuries ago. It's, it's just a bit more mechanization in the process of manufacturing the products, but basically uh, nothing has really changed in the recipes. Mm. So I'm I'm inviting you to come to Switzerland and. We'll arrange a tour of different uh, show dairies and you'll see, you'll see. Sounds wonderful. Thank you very much, Nadia. I hope you've enjoyed learning more about Swiss cheese and you'll now look out for some new varieties to try, either at home or when you visit Switzerland. To make your own fondue moiti moiti at home, a combination of half Gruyere AOP and half Vacheron Fribourget AOP is best. I'll include the recipe that Nadia mentioned in the show notes for this episode. Another way to serve cheese is in rosettes. If you haven't seen or heard of this method, it's definitely one to try with tête de moine AOP, a semi-hard cheese. Tête de moine literally translates as monk's head as this cheese originated in a monastery. Rather than being cut, the cheese is scraped into fine rosettes with a special cheese curler called a girole. The monastery is right by the Maison de la Tête de Moine cheese dairy and museum that Nadia mentioned earlier. I'll include a list of all the show dairies you can visit in Switzerland in the show notes. You can find them at holidaystoswitzerland.com forward slash episode 36. I'm off to eat some Swiss cheese now, so I'll say bye for now and thanks for listening. Tschüss. Thank you so much for listening. For more great resources on planning a trip to Switzerland, Make sure you visit holidaystoswitzerland.com where you'll find trip planning tips, destination guides, information on transport, including Swiss rail passes, and much more. You're also encouraged to join the Switzerland Travel Planning Group on Facebook where you can ask questions and chat to other past and future travellers to Switzerland. You'll find show notes from today's episode at holidaystoswitzerland.com forward slash podcast. And be sure to subscribe to the Holidays to Switzerland Travel Podcast so you never miss an episode.